Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Austin Reeves is going to represent Team USA. Does that mean his asking price is going up and up and up and up? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube, of course, is where you can go to hang out with over 17,000 Lakers fans, NBA fans, all uh, deeply interested in what the Lakers are going to be doing as we head into the draft, head into free agency. A lot of moving parts, Andy. Uh, do want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Um, we're going to talk about some of those moving parts potentially and uh, uh, names the Lakers might be able to throw into trades should they want to go that route as opposed to just getting the band back together for next season. Um, but, Andy, one of the big parts the Lakers hope doesn't move is Austin Reeves. Uh, and <laughs> that is uh, a guy who his asking price um, got a lot higher during the playoffs. And we learned this weekend that Reeves was invited and accepted an invitation to go play for Team USA at the Feeble World Cup in the Philippines, which I believe is in August. Training camp yes. will start in August for that. Um, other guys on the team that have commitments to uh, – to Team USA would be Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Mikhail Bridges, Bobby Portis. So it's Jalen Brunson. So it's a new kind of a new group of guys, uh, definitely an off year, not an Olympic year with the starriest of stars, but another one of these little things that is uh, coming to Austin Reeves that raises his profile and Andy in theory makes him that much more expensive for the Lakers to bring back. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter about how Austin Reeves around the league, nobody seems to doubt that what he's done this year is real, that it's a foundation that can be built upon, that he's not going to continue to get better. He's young, multifaceted, and to some degree bet on himself in the draft when he, once it became clear he was not going to be drafted in the first round or maybe even early in the second he he through his representatives told teams don't draft him and he had earmarked the lakers as a place that he thought he could thrive and you know so far it seems like like he mapped out his future pretty well everybody knows he's got this restricted free agency coming up where there's a max for what the Lakers can offer him. It's around four years. Four years, 52 million, give 52 or 52 million. That's the most the Lakers can offer him off the bat. However, other teams around the league can offer him more. The Lakers can match it. The question, though, is how much more actually is Reeves going to be offered, even acknowledging that Pretty much the other 29 teams seem impressed by him. There is, whether wishful thinking or, uh, I guess, some pretty well-grounded whispers, uh, some growing thought that perhaps the offers aren't going to be coming in for Reeves the way 
it had been expected even just like a week or so ago. Well, I look in, in the rest of the league. He can, he can, he can make up to four years, and I think it's four and a, about a hundred million. Yeah. Um, what makes this unique for people who may not be familiar is the first two years of that deal would be pretty much locked in in terms of salary. I think it's twelve million about the first year, and then a slight raise in the second year, and so whatever's left after that would be completely backloaded uh, to those last two years. So if he gets an eighty-five million dollar contract. You know, those last two years are going to be high 20s or something like that. You know, the math, if he gets to 100, he's in the 30s for those last two years. Um, it, it's an interesting thing. Like, uh, years ago, it used to be if you made an offer to a restricted free agent that it would be like a week where your money could be tied up, where the, the team, in this case the Lakers, would have that amount of time to decide whether or not to match that offer and in the meantime free agents are coming off the board and all that and so that was considered to be a real um impediment for restricted free agents to get offers because it was now it's down to i think it's down to about like 24 hours yeah it got even shorter in the new in the new cba and so i gotta be honest i think this idea that nobody is going to make reeves an offer because the Lakers are almost sure to match it. And, and by the way, really quick, just the, the idea of where that's coming from, um, among other people, Dan Wojcicki from the LA Times in a recent report said, quote, the Lakers' open stance about matching offers for the two, the other being Rui Hachimura, could end up saving the team money, particularly with Reeves. After a terrific postseason debut, teams with cap space don't have much optimism they'll be able to pry him free, which means the Lakers' four-year, 52 million-ish max offer might be the most he gets. People around the league, though, seem to think Reeves is worth more, but the rules prohibit the Lakers from giving it to him unless they're matching another team's right. offer. So the idea that this is just fait accompli, they're going to match whatever, so what's the point of even putting it out there, I, tying ourselves up for even 24 hours? Here's the thing, and, and it's interesting because like Reeves – who Reeves is as a player, I think is particularly relevant for why I think this is wishful thinking. Because, and I think this FIBA thing, you know, FIBA World Cup and his invitation there, because I, you know, you look at this roster and there are higher profile players. You know, Tyrese Halliburton is a, you know, is a number one on his team. You know, Anthony Edwards is considered, you know, you know, maybe the best player, certainly probably the best. We passed Carl Anthony Towns as best player on that team, or the team player that people think certainly has the most upside. Like, you know, Jalen Brunson was he? Did he? He was an All Star this year. Or was he close? I don't remember. He I, did not make. I don't believe make, he made the team this year. Um, he Randall definitely was did. not all. Right. He might have made the All Star team. He definitely was not All NBA because right. Randall Rand, was. But, you know, but really, really good. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Austin Reeves is not that. But what he is is a guy who I am pretty sure will end up playing a ton of minutes um, in that tournament because he can play with any group. He can obviously mesh well with superstar players. Um, and he can also get you a bucket and do all that other stuff when you need him to. to he's too sort of. And so, you know, part of what people say is like, well, are you going to want to pay Austin Reeves? 27 million dollars in three years you know for two or three years let's say you know down the road is he going to be that level of player and like maybe maybe not but what you're almost surely going to get with reeves and that makes it less risky to go ahead and try to throw a poison pill in there 
you're almost surely going to have a player who will be relevant and and fit with whatever it is that you're doing in two or three years with whatever your supporting cast is, no matter what your team is, Austin Reeves will almost surely be able to play on your team effectively next to the people that you have. And I'm sorry. I mean, tell me if you think I'm wrong, Andy. I don't think, I think the Lakers will match. But if you have to tell me that they won't think about it, or they might not have a number in mind that they may not want to go past. Like if you told me the Lakers don't really want to give Reeves 25 million a year in those last two years, and they're hoping they don't have to, I'd believe it, you know, cause like cool. that, that puts a crimp in potentially what they want to be doing as they replace LeBron or whatever it might be. Well, of course they don't want to. I mean, no team wants to pay any player, on, on the high side of what they could. So, I mean, I, I don't mean that. Let me, rephrase, let me rephrase that then. If you want to tell me, if you told me that there is a number that the Lakers really won't match, like no, they'll I say they'll zero, match anything up to $100 million. 0% chance. I, I'll cut it off now. 0% chance. So you think they'll match any offer even yes. if somebody One, maxes them to $100 million. Yes, 100%. Because, okay. I think the, the, because I think the optics for the Lakers, having already gone through this with Alex Caruso, and, you know, having let a guy who end up making the all-defense team over what really wouldn't have been that much money, you're talking about a couple million dollars per year that they ultimately let Caruso walk over. And given that this team just went to the Western Conference Finals, you are trying to squeeze every bit out of the LeBron era that you can. Yes. Right, I don't Because you only cost $12 million against Captain. This is a... A poison pill for Reeves is a is a two year at least down the road problem for the Lakers. Right. So it's not a problem yeah. for next year or the year after. And by and hold, then, okay. So let's hold that thought. So let's talk then about like how this might play out because it's super relevant to what the Lakers could be doing. Um, and if they are able to get him for less money because of this, it has a huge impact on on you know bringing back Hachimura, what you could offer D'Angelo Russell comfortably, all that. So we'll do that next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you have not signed up yet for Prize Picks, you are missing out on Daily Fantasy Made Easy and also the $1 million Daily Superflex promotion every day of the NBA Finals. One Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day for as long as these finals go. And whoever Place that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks, a million dollars. Five correct picks, 80 grand. Four correct picks, 16 grand. Full details can be found at pricepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is just play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. PricePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer the superstar players and the bench players. Just pick two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less than their PricePix stats projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com, sign up, play daily fantasy sports, and first-time users can receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks with the promo code locked on. Again, don't forget that promo code locked on for the instant match. Sports across the board. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. Okay, so uh, over the weekend, Frank Vogel, or heading into the weekend, I should say, Frank Vogel was hired by the uh, Phoenix Suns, and so he's going to be their next head coach, which could impact the Lakers and their coaching staff. So we'll get to that in a second here. Um, 
Good for Frank. Excited to do yeah. that. Um, but let's finish this Reeves conversation because I mean, I, I we I, I brought this up earlier, like that he might be playing, you know, weeks ago, that he might be playing so well that it could discourage people from offering him the money that he really deserves because um because the Lakers are sure to match it. I mean I'm I maybe not be a hundred percent there with you that they would match even if somebody maxed him out, like just because again, the Lakers could be uncomfortable giving Reeves thirty million dollars a season in two years, thirty two million, thirty three million. But I a I don't think anybody's gonna offer him a hundred million. Um but I do think somebody will make him an offer if for no other reason than a lot of the teams that have the cap space that are kind of growing in that way can probably absorb that kind of poison pill themselves in a couple of years without it being too big of an issue. These are not teams that generally have access to the superstar free agents with cap space. They're re-signing their own guys and whatever. So I do think I think somebody's going to make him an offer. I well, hope somebody makes him an offer just because Reeves deserves to make more than what the Lakers can pay him. Well, let me put this in perspective. First of all, as far as the idea of this being a poison pill or really all that poisonous to begin with, if you're talking about somewhere between 25 to $30 million, here's a list of some of the players in that range right now. Buddy Heald, Terry Rozier. Draymond Green, this iteration of Draymond Green, John Collins, Anthony Simons, Jalen Brunson, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jalen Brown, who's about to end up getting paid gobs more than that, but current salary, R.J. Barrett, Andrew Wiggins, DeMar DeRozan, this version of Kyle Lowry, Julius Randle, this version of Gordon Hayward, Tyler Hero. Is Austin Reeves as good as all those players right now? No, but he is as good as a lot of them. And do I think it's outlandish that he could end up by the time the poison pill part of this kicks in, as good as everyone on that list or just about everyone on that or list? Close, close enough. Because you yeah. also, too, you are getting the front end, you're getting right. a premium because, you know, he's going to make, you can't make more than $12 million against your cap next year. So you do get that. And, and I, you know, t- I just did the, the quick napkin math. And I, I believe, like, let's say somebody gave him $85 million, it'd be about, 30 million a year in those last two seasons. So oh, the, the point yeah, it's being, not, you know, to comparison to those players, it's not crazy. Right. That that's that's the point is assuming you believe in Reeves and what he's been doing and that he can continue to get better and just acknowledging where NBA salaries are going in general, you know, even knowing that there is a belief that with the new CBA, it's going to hurt the middle class of the NBA a lot. Middle class is still probably a very relative term. And though I, I don't mean in terms of the money. I mean in terms of the player that you're defining as middle right. class. I, I, it's, it's that issue of like guys who, you know, it's going to force more guys into that sort of max territory and more guys down in that sort of mid-level and below territory. And the dude who makes $23 million on just a, you know, signs, like that guy is going to be, going to get squeezed but like do you think reeves let's say let's say you know these this theory plays out i'm not sure how much it's really going to benefit the lakers in the long term because if i were reeves and nobody gave me that 85 million dollar offer that 80 million dollar offer i would sign a there i wouldn't sign a four-year 52 million dollar deal with the lakers i would sign a a one-in-one where there are two you know a two-year deal with an opt-out after the second one when my 
when my salary would be set to then blow up, whatever it is. Like, or a four-year no, deal with a bunch of early apps out after whatever. two, whatever it is. I would, I would not commit to that were I Austin Reeves because I would want to get myself out onto the open market as quickly as I could. It would benefit the Lakers in the sense that they would then kind of gain more control back in the process. But in the end, they'll probably end up paying about the same amount as they otherwise would have. It's just that they could control the process better, which is, I guess that's good for them. Yeah, I mean, they can control it to some degree, but they also have more potential of losing him as a player. Yeah. And look, the bottom line is some of the poison pill part of this, as much as the Lakers are always going to be seeking out stars to be a part of their team. So you always have to be thinking about, you know, how much of your cap is going to be remaining for superstar X that you're going to be looking for. The part of the poison pill for Reese's theoretical contract kicks in when you have to assume LeBron is no longer part of this team, or if nothing else, no longer part of this team demanding 40 something million dollars per year. Mm -hmm. Because if LeBron plays out the final two years of his contract, potentially, because he's got next year and then an option for the final year, when LeBron is 41 years old, if he wants to keep playing with the Lakers, I'm sorry, you can't give him a max. Like he, at that point, LeBron James will not be worth that type of money other than possibly to put asses in seats. That's it. Like he just, he, the Lakers at that point will be even as an organization that understandably puts a premium on a reputation for treating superstars the right way. And that is their organizational ethos. That's bad contract management to give LeBron at that stage of his career that kind of money. So mm -hmm. I'm not even thinking about it along those lines. And if it's not LeBron, it's some other superstar. You figure it out down the road. As far as other teams, though, around the league, the idea that the Lakers are just going to match whatever, and I do think that is what's going to happen with Reeves, the idea that another team wouldn't test this, if I'm one of these other franchises and I really believe in Austin Reeves, I figure out what is the most that I am comfortable offering Reeves. And mm -hmm. I put it out there and I make the Lakers match it because glass half full version, they say they surprise you by saying no right. and then you get the player you want. But then glass half empty version, but still benefits you as, as another team. The Lakers then have to deal with the future cap math of having Reeves on their exactly. roster. No, I, it's, I, just, I don't see the downside. No, I, I see none. It'd be it'd be one thing if you had to sit on this for you know three days a week, potentially right. something like that, tying up your own finances for 24 hours, unless you really think you're gonna miss out on somebody important. I'd absolutely put the Lakers. Because right, I mean, again, up. most of these teams, like I guess the Rockets, you know, theoretically there's the whole Harden thing going on or whatever, but I suspect they probably again Reeves only costs eleven million or twelve million bucks against Cap next year. I think that opens up the amount of flexibility the teams with cap space would have. Um, like, I, who else is, I mean, other than James Harden, maybe, and that's a very specific case. And I use Houston here in air quotes to represent a bunch of different, you know, franchises that are kind of similar in this regard. Who's going there? It's like, you know, like a lot of these teams aren't going to attract the, you know, Giannis when he's on the free agent market, if he gets there, it's like, so, I agree with you. I think that I think that offer is coming. 
Um, let's let's talk about uh, Frank here. We'll, we'll do more of this after the after the break. But were you surprised at all? Monty Williams goes to Detroit after being fired by Phoenix. You know, six years, four hundred bazillion dollars was, I believe, the um, the term sheet there. Um, and they come back and they give Vogel. I think it's four years. Uh, at six million a year, something like that. For I have years. not, I I have not seen the numbers. Yeah, it's something Vogel. like that. It does. It doesn't really. Were you surprised that Phoenix went with Vogel? You know, not a super sexy name to go along with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, five years, thirty-one million is the, okay. Is so the about six million a year for five years. Yeah. Um. No, I'm not surprised. Um. Frank Vogel is. Basically, as good as anybody, or I think perceived as as good as anybody out there who is established. So, unless you're looking to take in like a Charles Lee, somebody he's on Milwaukee's staff and has a really good reputation as right. an up and coming assistant, kind of kind of like the way Darvin Ham has had that reputation for years, or like Adrian Griffin has had that type of reputation for years. Unless you're looking to go with more of an unknown. Quanti- uh, unknown quantity who could be on the rise. Frank Vogel is as good and as established as anybody out there. Yeah, once, especially like once Nick Nurse went to Philly. Exactly. I mean, he has a championship. He's been good with two different organizations. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Particularly too. And we can talk about this next when you get into some of the particulars of Phoenix's roster. Yeah. I actually think it that's exactly that's sense. exactly what I'm thinking. So let's 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 do that next. Okay, so one of the things that's that is interesting and this is will be relevant we'll get to why in a minute here is that the Suns um have agreed in addition to Frank Vogel they they're paying uh assistant coach Kevin Young who is considered a really good uh, offensive mind. Um, about $2 million a year to stay on as associate head coach. He becomes the league's highest paid assistant. We mentioned, you know, like whether it's Monty Williams, whether it's these, uh, like the arm, I happen to think like the arms race for teams that are spending a lot of money on payroll to find other ways to maximize their opportunities to win. I think the arms race for coaches, for trainers, for, you know, buildings, you know, all this stuff is going to go up. And I feel like this is an example of that. Um, but it essentially allows Phoenix to pair a really good defensive coach in Vogel with a really good offensive mind in Kevin Young. And like you say, with the roster that they've got coming, that they've got to put together, not even coming back, they just have to put it together. I, I think for reasons that you're about to articulate, I think I'll agree with you. Vogel, to me, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, consistently throughout his career, his teams often become stagnant offensively. They typically end up in the lower half or lower third around the league in terms of offensive rating. But, you know, as we saw in these last playoffs, having Devin Booker and Kevin Durant doesn't automatically solve every offensive issue, but it solves a lot of them. And there are not many players in the league who need less specifically drawn up for them to thrive than Booker and Durant. Right. So that is as great of a foundation, even beyond whatever you think Kevin Young brings to the table as, as a lead assistant, that is about as good a foundation as you can provide Booker right. and Durant. Their, their problem is on the other side of the ball. Right. 
And where I think Vogel is going to be really, really beneficial for Phoenix, A, he's just damn good at defense. I mean, he he is up there, I think, with like Mike Brown and people like that who are just thought of as rightly defensive gurus. And it's not even just that Vogel's been consistently good at putting together good defenses throughout his career. We saw, for example, in the 2021 season with the Lakers, he can be very good at getting defenses that don't seem like exactly some of their parts would be that good on paper. Yes. And and this is a roster that there are a lot of questions whether you talk about the support, you know, the supporting players, it, it it's a pretty thin Roster. They don't. They don't. Any, so they they have like five guys that they know are coming back. Like nobody. It's not even that just they're, they're thin. They don't even know like who. They can't even anticipate who's going to be on it. So like in my mind, right. like what you're talking about is, like you need a guy who can. You need to make your defense better, and you need a guy who can work with whatever you end up with in August and maximize that mm-hmm. defensively. And I think Vogel yeah. is a. And I also think there's something to be said for. You've got KD. Look, Vogel, I think we all agree, kind of lost the locker room a little bit he uh, in, his, in his final year. But part of that had to do with the fact that the front office made it much easier for the locker room to lose him by not showing any real commitment. He's got five years with Phoenix. So that becomes less of an issue. He's worked with LeBron and AD. Like He's coached superstars. He can go kind of. I think there is something to be said for a guy who's not a pushover, but isn't doesn't need to be a star himself to be coaching two guys like that. Like I think it's a it's a good fit in that way too. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned he lost that locker room, and I and I had had that suspicion all throughout his entire uh, last season with the Lakers. I, I mentioned it on several shows, and then it was eventually confirmed by Rob Palinka during his uh, end-of-the-year press conference last year. But at the same time, as you noted, giving him that fake extension, the one-year extension, it underscored how it's always been pretty obvious that the organization had never been fully bought into Frank Vogel. I mean, when, when they hired him, he was at best their fourth choice because they coveted Ty Lue more than him. They coveted Monty Williams more than him. And in all honesty, their true first choice may actually have been Jason Kidd but they were afraid of hiring kid because of the optics with the off the court stuff that's going on with Jason Kidd. I I 100% think hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, I and you know they tried basically sneaking in Jason Kidd through the back door by making it mandatory to put him on whatever staff. Right when when everybody expected Frank Vogel to be fired in two months. Exactly, and you know I, I don't think Frank played every card correctly. During his final season, he I think he was resistant towards what his roster... He got, but he was, he was dealt a bad hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think he's now in a place, like you said, where he's got full commitment, but also full commitment of a new owner who has made it very clear he is calling the shots. He is going to be very hands-on. Like he bought... When he bought the team, he traded for Durant basically at the exact same time he got rid of Monty Williams, who is a very well-respected coach, mm-hmm. brought in Frank Vogel. What I also think is interesting about that is Vogel loves big men. He loves to play big in general. 
I wonder what this is going to do with DeAndre Ayton in the well, organization. Re- nothing else resets the the I mean, like part of the reason that everybody has assumed that Ayton was going to be traded. A, he is one of the only he's really the only thing they can trade uh, at this point. They've sure. given up all that, uh, but also because his relationship with Monty Williams was so toxic. And, and, so and, his, reset. and not just his relationship with Monty Williams, his relationship with Robert Sarver. Yeah. Like it was always well known Sarver wasn't that into yeah. him either. So the they, whole thing, the whole thing's reset. Before we go though, there are a couple issues here. The, the biggest one that people were talking about was the potential of like uh, because the Lakers staff does have a few holdovers from um from Vogel's staff, the most notable being Phil Handy. Mm-hmm. Um and there was at least some speculation that perhaps Vogel might try to steal hand somebody like handy away by making him a lead assistant by, you know, whatever it might be by really giving him a big promotion to some degree that gets out, that goes out the window with Kevin Young staying on for that kind of salary. Um, there's less room for him to be, but you know, he could still become a front of the bench, you know, first, you know, front of the bench as opposed to the back of the bench. I am less worried about some of those things, mostly because I think Phil has an incredible reputation around the league for, and I think every team in the league would want to have him, but I do feel like a lot of that reputation is sort of built around the things that he is known to be great at player development, all that other stuff. I, I I think, you know, is there is like a real threat that, you know, they might try to poach him with a promotion. Yes, but I don't like, I didn't buy the, you know, somebody could make him an associate head coach or, you know, the lead assistant or whatever it might be, just because I think I think he would have done it by now. I think if, if he teams were really clamoring to do that. So but there is definitely the threat that, you know, Vogel could go poking around Darvin Ham's staff to see if there's anybody wanting to join him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ham's lead assistant is Chris Gent. So in that sense, you're not talking about uh, Phil Handy's title right now. But you know he's. It really helps if you want to if you want to try to feel secure about this. It really helps that Phil Handy has a phenomenal relationship with LeBron, and it's been that way for several years. And I'm sure is a big reason that Handy would want to stay with the Lakers in the first place. He's a tremendous coach. Like I said, I think every team in the league would want him. I just don't know. He's not a specific X's and O's coach. Right. And I'm wondering, like, you know, could he, could he, it, how, I, I wonder how much, like, does Phil want to be, you know, on the first row of the bench? Like, how much, how important are these things? Well, I don't he's know made it answer. clear he wants to be a head coach. Right. Like, that is something that he wants. He's been on the record open about it, but he may, from his perspective, Unless unless he comes to realize I need to show myself as much for the X's and O's as opposed to the reputation that I've built, which is in certain respects a specialist, you know, like a, a highly re- finish. Yeah, because finish your point. I was going to say, in, unless he feels like I need to specifically show some chops as an X's and O's, this is your specific job. I don't know what he gains from being a lead assistant somewhere else versus the job he has with the Lakers. It seems like he wants to be a head coach and feels like I've done enough now that I should be hired for that or I've shown my qualifications. I think 
essentially, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he would gain a ton from making a jump like that, but we'll see. I hope he doesn't because the Lakers, <laughs> I think, are much better with him on the staff than they would be if he went somewhere else. Yeah, I got one last thought on Vogel to the Suns, but I will save it for Tuesday's show. Um, and it's something that I think more directly affects, uh, if nothing else, how Laker fans will feel about this development. So we'll talk about that on Tuesday. Also, um, want to talk a little bit about the contracts of Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba on Tuesday's show because it's something we've seen a lot in the Locked on Lakers YouTube comments section, uh, suggestions for trades involving Beasley and Bamba and want to make sure people understand exactly what you can and cannot do with those contracts because they very uh, then, directly yeah. affect what you might be able to possibly obtain in a trade. And how, how appealing that'll be. Yeah, you know, what, you exactly. know, the, how those restrictions or realities impact the, the real value of those guys around the league. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with a bunch of uh, Lakers fans, and leave us questions and comments. Critically important in the offseason as we construct shows. really want to hear from you guys uh, and, and make it as interactive as possible. Uh, we will see everybody on Tuesday.